the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Yippee-o-kaye. <laughs> In the words of, what, what was that actor's name? He always says, yippee-o-kaye. Uh, I'll think of it. In a minute, it'll come to me. Um, who was the guy, John? You know this thing. He always said in his movies, uh, uh, he did a series of movies about... Um, wasn't Tom Mix. No, no, no. It, 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 it was a modern actor. Of He used to be married to Demi Moore and Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis yeah, and all of his well, all those movies he makes about. He had that racier one in, in Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah, the one we. Yippee Kaye, he always said. Anyway, that's um, I don't know where he got that. Maybe it came from one of these old time uh, country western things. Good evening, everybody. That's what it means. Yippee Kaye, or in Apache, in Apache, Steigute. That's uh, how we say. How are you? Hello. Um, hi, Stacy. Hello, hi. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, have you ever pronounced the words "steigute"? No, I have not. These will be your first words to ever say in Apache. Steigute. Steigute. Yeah, that's it. Steigute. It's how are you? I mean, that, isn't it funny that you would think, well, it'd be some magnificent greeting of okay. some, you know, Steigute. very so, complicated. But Apache. it was just, how are you? And that's Apache. <laughs> Say it one more time, please. Steigute, that's Apache. Yeah. Is it, uh, it sounds so German. I mean, it, is it, it so does, doesn't it? Yeah. Did, did, I guess. It sounds a little bit Spanish. Estás. Uh-huh. Gute. Um, how are you? Uh, I don't uh, I don't know the, the how to parse it, the, the, the phrase. Uh, I just know the phrase. Okay. <laughs> it, it is. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Good evening, everyone. We're glad you're with us. This is The Bible Live, uh, a review of our readings from the scriptures this past week. We've read now through Genesis, Mm -hmm. Exodus, Leviticus. We finished the book of Numbers last week. uh, I mean, the week before this past week. And we got into the book of Deuteronomy up to chapter 6, I believe it was. And then this past week, we read chapter 6. Through, let me see, I've got my uh, my review here, chapter 6 through 28 of the book of Deuteronomy. 
And that's what we'll be discussing tonight. That's what we'll be, hopefully, you'll be joining us in that discussion and that uh, consideration of what, uh, of this book. It's a very unique book. It very is very interesting in how, we, how it came about, its purpose, its perspective, and what it, uh, what it brings to us as believers. Of course, that's almost an infinite question there because God can speak uniquely to each and every one of us as we read his word he can bring out a lesson about your life about your family about your job about he can he can reveal some indication some direction for you uh, out of each passage but generally speaking it is a review of the law now we have traced the uh, in these books Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers and Deuteronomy we have traced the redemptive plan of God that is put in place uh, very early in the book of Gen- in Genesis itself after the fall of man into sin and moving f- from the side of sinless innocence over to the side of sinful fallen human beings, the, the whole race uh, as, the, as the descendants of Adam and Eve uh, the whole race fell under the consequences of sin, which means um, separation uh, in that intimate personal relationship with God uh, was interrupted and separated because of our sin and our rebellion. And so we now approach the relationship with God from the side, not like Adam and Eve did, mm-hmm. from the side of sinless innocence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was put there intended for them to become fully and entirely, um, uh, what am I trying to say, responsible, moral agents, agents with uh, having entered in by experience to and knowing by experience the difference between good and evil. Uh, it may be a little hard for us to contemplate that idea. It is hard, idea. especially when you think, um, I mean, were we, was it always bound for, I mean, did, did God, when he create, know that it wasn't going to last. I mean, in other words, were we always bound? If it wasn't Eve and Adam, it was going to be somebody, somebody down the line. Was some, going to. Uh, uh, and as a matter of fact, it turned out to be. Well, Adam and Eve, of course, fell into sin, but then uh, their older son killed his younger brother, Abel. <laughs> Cain killed yes, Abel. That, and so, that escalated quickly. Yeah, <laughs> it, kind of it, it was just like that rocket. But uh, the point is, is that. Uh, the wonderful point is that you would think that once we had rejected God as a as a race of beings, mm-hmm. once we had rejected God and rebelled against Him and disobeyed Him, there was nothing that compelled God to create a uh, a way back. Right. Rede- uh-huh. the, Redeem- that mm-hmm. the the judgment, the separation from God, would have been eternal and set for the race entirely. Right. But the point is, is that. God and, and this is this is something we'll look at in the book of Deuteronomy because we're going to talk about the second giving of the law mm-hmm. to the people uh, to the second generation now uh, after the coming out of Egypt. This is forty years later, and now God is addressing a brand new generation of the people of Israel. Remember, the first generation now has all passed away, particularly especially the males, mm-hmm. twenty years older, uh, old and older have passed away except for Caleb and Joshua in the desert, in the wilderness, 40 years. And now 
uh, Moses in this book is reviewing again the 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 laws of God that he, that he had presented to them 40 years earlier in, 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 uh, at the base of Mount Sinai. He's now reviewing God's laws uh, to the people. It, it's called Deuteronomy, the second law, literally the meaning of the word. But we know and understand it. it's the second giving of the law or, or the giving of the law to the second generation, mm-hmm. a new generation now of, uh, of Israel, uh, essentially. And they are now reviewing it. And before they enter into the promised land, they are camped on the east side of the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. They've gone these 40 years wandering out in, in the desert there, in the Sinai Desert. And yeah, we, could, we can review what that means, a, a nation, a people group, a million people or more, maybe up to two million, somewhere around there, moving as a nomadic people in, in camps in tents, in the desert, moving and constantly and setting up. Uh, we see their travels in the book of Numbers. It ends with a review of the places they went. There are 42 stops. Remember, we, we, we talked about that correlation to the 42 people listed in the, in the genealogy of Jesus in the book of Matthew. And so you have these three groups of 14 traveling, stopping, traveling, stopping, and it gives their itinerary there at the end at the end of the book of Numbers. But now they have come to be camped at the base, uh, at, uh, on the east side of the Jordan River, just right across from Jericho, two million people. And you can imagine, if you can put yourself in their place now, where they've been, what they've done, their experiences, they're still eating manna, they're still having you know the the provision of God for them as a people, um, and they've been wandering. I'm assuming too that the all through those years it wasn't just like they all kind of traveled around, but people have come and gone. People have made journeys and traveled, maybe to other countries around them, other people right. groups, and met them and talked to them and and uh, come back to theirs and so but they're just a moving you know a huge nomadic people and now they're they're parked there at the east side of the jordan and the last 30 days of moses life are spent here and this is what he this is where the book of deuteronomy comes in he these are about five sermons that he preached to them on the east side of the jordan Reminding them of the, sec- of the law, mm-hmm. of the laws of God, and reminding them of the covenant relationship between mm-hmm. them and God. And uh, the the book of De- Deuteronomy is written, curiously enough, I find it very interesting myself, it's written in the format of a treaty, like a conquering king, mm-hmm. uh, he conquers this, uh, this country or this people group, and then he writes a treaty with them. It's a covenant between uh, the king uh, and them. And it, it would begin with a review of the relationship between them. And then it would talk about the details, the things that are expected from the vassal king, uh, his their obedience, and they pay so much, uh, for example, every year they you'll or out of your total income, you'll deliver a certain amount of your produce and so on to us. And the demands that the, the king would make on them and what they could expect of the vassal king, uh, his protection uh, his, and so on, his commitment to their well-being. And 
and then he would give the consequences of disobedience and of obedience. If obedience, the good things that would happen and the blessings and the condemnation and the consequences of disobedience would be there. And it finally would end with a a charge, a challenge to, to faithfulness and to a, a call to be loyal uh, and in the relationship with the vassal king. So that was the kind of the, an outline of a, a, a treaty that a conquering king would, would put together and sign with a conquered people, a vassal state that he would, had taken over. And that was the format of the book of Deuteronomy, um, essentially as, as it rolls out from Moses. And he would, of course, be familiar with that because he was raised in the palace as a prince of Egypt. Uh, he, he, he educated there and so on. He would know that. So that's a very interesting detail, actually, that comes out of the, the actual the format or the outline of the book of Deuteronomy. Um, you started telling me, Stacy, uh, earlier we were discussing the book that the whole idea of God's holiness mm-hmm. and this law, these laws are based on the uniqueness, the holiness of God. He was distinct, very different from any other God or any other being. And that's significant for us to consider the idea of the holiness of God. Uh, there were there were false gods and uh, idols and so on that God that people produced. And but but God is telling them and has told them. I am holy, and the word holiness, mm-hmm. unique, different, totally different from any other being, any other contemplation. And I think C.S. Lewis said something about God is such a God that if one could invent such a God, he wouldn't. And if he would, in other words, if he desired to create such a God, he couldn't. We wouldn't have dreamed him up. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have contemplated and made up mm-hmm. a God like it. it, it it's mm-hmm. He's so unique and so different in our expectations, you know, in his character and, and, mm-hmm. and even the details. Maybe we can talk about some of the attributes of God during the book of Deuteronomy. But I, I, I like that. It is true that if you think about it long enough, no one would have made up a God like the God that is revealed in the mm-hmm. Scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, this... It's a whole idea of it's just so very different. The, his triune nature, mm-hmm. uh, three persons locked in a perfect love relationship throughout eternity, mm-hmm. love one and united in their love for each other, in their character, in their purpose, in their intent, and united in in their um, in their action. They act together. The Father, the Son, the Spirit. These three. We've come to know them by those names through the Messiah himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the nature of this God is reflected in these laws and commands. In other words, they are based on that God. Mm-hmm. And uh, and on that basis, too, this is the keeping of the law. The purpose is that we will enter as well into that state of holiness. We too will be set aside. We will be a unique people, different from just, just yeah, yes, we're responsible uh, human beings with, with free will and with moral uh, accountability, responsibility, 
Uh, but we are also now, because God says you will be holy as I am holy, that's the purpose of these laws are to be, uh, we're to see them as our part, our steps of faith that we will take on that journey to becoming a unique people, uh, reflecting the character of our unique God. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that well, but you you had some thoughts on that uh, in terms of holiness, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, well, no, I think I think you said, well, it reminds me of uh, as far as, as who God is um, and kind of how he rules, too. There's that, what are the different, in business, there are different ways that you uh, show leadership. Um, one of the least, uh, what's the word, the least efficient, one of the least uh, long-term ways would be, um, by fear, to rule by fear, because uh-huh. you have to maintain that. You have to, and they're not really loyal to you. They're just afraid of you. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then there's another, I can't remember exactly, but we learned this mm-hmm. in, in business, in college, in business classes. I know, so, that was your major. And right. You mean to tell me you forgot? I've forgotten, that? but I what's funny <laughs> is that I always try to remember. <laughs> it comes to mind so uh-huh. many times, but uh-huh. I can never, I'm going to one of these days have to really. But um, so that's one of the least you're like, efficient You're like ways. your daddy. You sometimes forget things. Yeah, so. mm. often. That's a tendency <laughs> that human beings but have. But I'm still going to go for it. I'm still going <laughs> to talk about it. That's the unfortunate thing here. But it is interesting <laughs> you say that because that's part of the book of Deuteronomy is that people forget. Right. So now here Moses is, I'm reminding <laughs> I you. I need that to professor to come back and tell me again. But one of the, um, and then of course the most the most efficient and the best way is to earn it, to to earn your position as leaderships as leader. So you're worthy of it. Yeah. You have shown the qualities, the character. You've earned the respect, yeah. and so you have those that follow you because they want to. They love you. They believe in you. They trust you. And I because you've been there and done that. Because you've been there, you've and, done that. And they that. respect you, that yes. experience. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you've it. shown. And uh, of course, you know when it comes to the God that we serve, and I think that that's one reason that we could never really make him up is because he has earned it. He is so far. He really is so much more powerful and capable and loving and creative and imaginative and than we could we could ever ever be. He is God. <laughs> you know, no, he I, is. I, I, I'll go along with that in a sense. I don't want to interrupt your thought there, but. The point of this is that we're told that God is all of these things. You can do a review of the scripture of, mm-hmm. of the attributes of God, mm-hmm. his uh, omniscience, his omnipotence, his omnipresence, his eternal nature, his holiness, his kindness, his goodness, his mercy, his forgiving God. Uh, I mean, you can do it, and, and, it's, and it's good for us to contemplate right. and review these. Yeah. But even when I do, sometimes I think, wow. I mean, I, it's hard to imagine a being right. so perfect and all yeah. so beautiful in mm-hmm. all his ways. Mm-hmm. And um, so even though I know it's right, right. it's not like I, I, and I wouldn't have been able to invent it, even though I hear about it and know about it and contemplate it and meditate on it, sometimes I still go, Wow, that's it. I, I can't even. It's so hard to believe yeah. there's a being so beautiful mm-hmm. as, as as our God. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's fascinating. It really is. Right. And as far as the and being able to and, and this is where the holiness comes in. So you know, Deuteronomy and Leviticus, there are all these laws, and it can be a little bit confusing because you think is. Well, so he's calling us 
why, I guess, and some of them seem uh, sort of uh, strange, you know, uh, but there's these moral and purity laws that are meant to have them as a people group be set apart um, from other nations. Like some of the dietary laws about uh, which foods you can eat and not eat, and you wonder why. Sometimes sometimes people try to kind of explain those, and and I don't think it's wrong to contemplate it and try to explain them that way, but they try to explain it in terms of, well, well, in terms of diet, these are better foods, and Mm -hmm. uh, and Mm -hmm. those other foods Mm -hmm. uh, that are unclean, they were dangerous. Uh, It could be heart on the health of a people and so on and so on. And that may well be true, but it doesn't have to be true to make sense of them. God, in part of the law, part of what he hands to them are the, you know, you have these moral laws, you have the core laws of mm-hmm. the, based on the, God's character. Right. And, then, and then Moses talks about not supplementary laws, but he talks about laws that the outworking mm-hmm. of those core law, the Ten Commandments. That now here's this what this is what it looks like in a society, in right. a, a family, and neighbors, and uh, people who work for each other. And uh, so he he elaborates and expands on those basic laws to the laws you're talking about, and the idea that they all reflect something of God's nature and how a people who know God yes. and who are with God and right with God would Relate. treat their yes. neighbors. Exactly, how they would treat their neighbors who are made in his image mm-hmm. and how they would relate to this holy God. And uh, yeah, yeah. I've always loved the the first time I heard it was probably, oh, at this point, maybe seven or eight years ago, but um, a video on these laws and holiness and making the sun a metaphor for God's holiness. And the are you idea, talking about the, the, the sun, sun of God or are you talking about <laughs> S-U-N, the, 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 the sun or the solar, solar system, system the sun. El sol, yes, as they yes. say in Spanish, right? and the sun itself. It is, it is utterly unique in our solar system. It is incredibly powerful. It is set apart. It is stands alone in what it does and the power that it has it um it sustains us i mean it is the source of life and is a wonderful good thing we need the sun the sun is great at the same time it's dangerous i mean we can't just waltz into its presence and expect to survive we can't get very close to it or it will destroy us and that's the same idea of god's holiness it is he is utterly unique he is the source of life he is good he is wonderful but we are so beneath and so apart that we can't just waltz into the presence That's and so stand good. That to is serve such a and good survive, thought. right? Yeah. And yet he wants to relate to us. He wants to have that relationship and that presence. That that and so the solution was instead of destroying us, he wanted he 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 figured a way to us and to make us holy like him, thereby being able to be in relationship with him. That's beautiful. Not, yeah, isn't that so pretty? And Yeah, it, because I don't want to interrupt your thought again, but, but I, I'm just contemplating that if you, the sun being the unique star out of all the millions and billions of stars that we observe, at least mm-hmm. to, to this point, is utterly, totally unique in that in, in terms of what it, its relationship to this planet, Earth, mm-hmm. as you say, it's a source of life. Mm-hmm. If it were any further away, yep. 
there would it would freeze. There'd be no, and right. if it were, it, but at the same time, if we get too close and too familiar, and it would be a consuming fire. It would mm -hmm. burn us, and it it the sun being so different and holy and so mm -hmm. unique makes is what makes our planet unique and holy right. to sustain life as mm -hmm. far as we know mm -hmm. uh, and observed in the, in the uh, cosmos is that this is a unique planet. Mm -hmm. This is, the, uh, uh, I think there's even a, a movie I've seen about that called uh, the, the Blue Planet, the, mm -hmm. the unique <laughs> planet that we, we have a uniqueness that reflects Right. The uniqueness and the character of right. ah, that's a beautiful thought, really. Yeah, it is. It's and good. and then and then in that way, the the moral and the purity laws were meant to give us a way to show that respect to God, and uh -huh. so we uh, so that kind of uh, emphasis on being clean and unclean, and how you know prior to Jesus or mm -hmm. uh, it would always be that something clean when it touches something unclean the clean thing becomes dirty but when Jesus came he that's the the image of the coal you know touching the lips of Isaiah and, and Isaiah of 6 him, yeah. uh -huh, and he becomes clean by that coal and so when Jesus came he touched things that were unclean and instead of becoming unclean he made them clean and so and and by becoming like him, he gives us that same holiness, that same, and he tells us to go into the world and to do the same, to bring life and to regeneration to other people. I like that an awful lot, Stacey. That's really beautiful because some years ago, I, 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 when I was reading the Bible and memorizing scripture I, scripture, I would read the phrase, you will be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Right. And we tend to take that as a command. Right. You will do, you know, a, a imperative. You will be holy for I am the Lord, Lord your God, I am holy. But the, the thought entered my consciousness, and I, some author, some writer, some believer wrote about that, and he said, try to view that not as a command, which is fine to view it that way, but try interpreting it as a promise. Mm -hmm. God is saying, you, you're going to be holy because I, the Lord your God, I'm holy. I'm yeah, going to make you holy. Right. And that there's a beautiful perspective, and it kind of reflects what you're saying, that we are be, we too are becoming as He is a unique God, yes. totally different. The laws are intended for us to be unique and set apart, mm -hmm. not only in our character in terms of morality and ethics, but in our behavior and our treatment of others. Mm -hmm. As you talk about these other laws mm -hmm. that are expanded, so we and and that would be like dietary laws and th there were things right. that were going to make the people of Israel unique and different from any other people group. Mm -hmm. And, and those dietary laws, some of those were intended. They didn't have to have a moral consequence necessarily, but this was something, that, this was a mark that was going to make us unique and different mm -hmm. uh, from those around us. It, it, it's a beautiful thought. It really is. I like that. Mm. Let's, uh, that's good. As we enter the book, uh, our contemplation and meditation on the book of Deuteronomy tonight, uh, we'll have that in mind. You can call us and be a part of the program, 210-340-9585. That's some wonderful prizes and gifts for those who do call in and uh, partner and, and connect with us as a co-host. You can be our co-host this evening by calling 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585 for the next hour. We'll be back right after these messages with more from the Bible Live and the book of Deuteronomy. Give me Jesus, you can this whole world. 
You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Jesus, give me Jesus. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. have hit the right buttons and we are back great reminder a great choice of song there because that's basically the purpose of the uh the laws that god gave to moses and the people of israel at the base of mountain sinai and now that are being repeated for a second generation being reminded of who they are their relationship with this true and living god this holy god that is different and distinct from from any other being whatsoever, uh, any created being. Uh, and that's where we are. God is now in the book of Deuteronomy. God, through the uh, uh, leader, Moses, is re- revealing now to another generation, a second generation of uh, Hebrew men and women before they are parked on the east side of the Jordan River. Forty years now they've wandered in the wilderness. They've become a nomadic People used to living in tents and used to uh, with what a nomadic life would be demand of you to take care. And they're on the east side of the Jordan with the idea of entering into this land and uh, their whole existence is going to be transformed. They're not going to be a nomadic people anymore. They're not going to have to set up tents and take them down and do this. And they're going to have houses and lands that they could they can cultivate, and crops that they can plant, and, and harvest, mm-hmm. and reap, and uh, herds that they can own, and, and mm. it, it's going to be a, they're they're going to be entering now into a totally different environment, mm-hmm. and made a totally different kind of people mm-hmm. as they take this step, and they're going to be fulfilling. Uh, in doing that, they're going to be uh, fulfilling the the guidance that God has for them as a people that he had made clear to them 430 years before. Uh, like in Genesis 15, we keep coming back to that Abrahamic covenant right. and promise. Right. That, and so uh, they're, they're not strangers to the concept, but they, they may not fully contemplate and understand the significance it's going to be mm-hmm. to... 
everything about their life and the way they've lived now, this generation has grown up in the desert, mm-hmm. is going to be transformed when they move into this land of milk and honey. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so Abraham, uh, Moses, I said Abraham again, Moses is preparing them now in the format of a treaty. He is preparing them and re- reviewing for them the laws of God, both the the Ten Commandments, the moral laws, but also the supplementary laws, the extension of those laws into how they would treat one another, how they would treat people outside of the, you know, others, strangers, foreigners. Those uh, they would be a light to them, and they would be a reflection of the unique character of God. They too would be that as a people group. So we've we've talked about that. Let's get into some of the passages. <coughs> I'm sorry. And real quickly, what's so mm-hmm. interesting, though, is, is Moses gives this to him, but does not go in himself. Um, and Inter- yeah, that is very interesting. He has heard the news mm-hmm. that he will not be joining them. Uh, he now will join that first generation of mm-hmm. of uh, the Hebrew people that have come out of uh, Egypt. He will be among them that will not enter mm-hmm. the promised land, which is... Uh, and maybe uh, for our audience, I'll throw out uh, this idea, uh, this question. Why was Moses not going to be among the people of Israel, the Israelites, that enter into the promised land? That'll be our first kind of okay. quiz question for okay. the evening. If you'd like to give us an answer to that and, and uh, you know, tell us what, why it is it that Moses would not be allowed to enter into the promised land at this time. At this time, that's He right. did eventually <laughs> enter in, and maybe we'll that's ask that as a second question. question is, uh, when did actually Moses uh, enter into the promised land? He was told by God at this time he's not going to, and our question is why was he prohibited to enter into the promised land with the people of Israel. And then our second follow-up question will be, if you can answer that, uh, when did Moses actually? It's recorded in the Bible. Okay, it's not a, not a totally a trick question. Uh, a little bit of a trick question. A little bit, but not a whole. <laughs> when did Moses enter into the promised land? If you'd like to give us an answer to those, and when it's a really nice prize. We have a, a, a wonderful uh, version of the Bible, study Bible to give away. And we have a series of books called God Understands it t- that gives you um, there's seven books that talk about the promises of God uh, from the scriptures. And it reminds us of those scriptures that tell us, uh, inform us and help us when we feel life is meaningless or without purpose, when we feel angry, when we feel life is unfair. Uh, maybe we're contemplating our own mortality and there's a fear of death in that experience. When you feel overwhelmed with guilt, just the common uh, experiences that we face as human beings as we live here on planet Earth, wandering in our own wilderness here, I mm-hmm. suppose. Uh, and the scriptures that can come to bear and help us, us personally, and perhaps enable us to encourage and help other people in our family, in our uh, church, in our neighbors that We can share from God's Word what God's Word says about some of these situations, comfort and hope coming from the Scriptures. So we want to give that to you as a free gift just for calling in and being a part of um, the program with us. So if you do call, answer those questions, and uh, we'll give one of those gifts to you in 
with our best wishes for you in, in your walk with the Lord as well. So 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. If you'd like to join us by answering a couple of those questions for us or just give us a comment and a thought you have about either the book of Deuteronomy and the things, the principles and the matters we've been discussing and, and a reflection that kind of prepares us for this book of Deuteronomy uh, or maybe a detailed question or, or comment about some aspect of the book of Deuteronomy that you'd like to share with us or any question that you have or comment about God's word, about walking with God, about what it means to know God in a personal way. We'd love to hear from you here on The Bible Live, 210-340-9585. Okay. Let's move in now practically, Stacy. We've already read the first six chapters, uh, and now uh, in two weeks ago, but now this past week we read chapters six through twenty-eight. Um, the book is outlined uh, generally in, uh, as I mentioned before, like that treaty that would be signed by a, a conquering king to its vassal state. There is a review of Israel's history with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time in Egypt, uh, Moses bringing them out of uh, Egypt, the plagues, the miracles that were performed to accomplish that, that deliverance from the bondage to Egypt, which is a picture of our deliverance from from sin and its power, uh, the salvation that we have in Christ. And then they camped at the uh, base of Mount Sinai for about 13 months. And there they, they became more intimately, uh, aware of the character of their God and of their covenant relationship. They were m- reminded mm-hmm. uh, of Abraham's promise and that they were the children of Israel, Israel being the name of Jacob. Mm-hmm. God changed his name to Israel, those who have wrestled with God and won. And so it's a reminder of them and their their heritage of faith uh, and their relationship with God. And, and then it, the outworking of that relationship it, who God is and what his promises are to them and what their obligation and what he commands and desires of them. And we've I just mentioned before the break that it's not only his commands for them, but it's also if we can do this, if our, if we, our minds will allow us, it's God's covenant promise that he's going to accomplish that yeah. in them, with them, and through them, right. uh, which is which is. Part of that picture you've always brought up, Stacey, about uh, in that covenant with Abraham in in Genesis 15, 15, uh, uh, Abraham did not have to walk through the carcasses. And if you read the passage, you'll know what I'm saying. In other words, God called him out by his power, but he's also committed himself to fashioning them, shaping them, transforming them into a people mm-hmm. as reflected in these commands. Mm-hmm. They will be holy as he is holy. That is God's intent and his covenant promise mm-hmm. to them. Um, which I don't know if they got. Uh, I don't know if they understood that this is right. just what I want you to do and that this is what I'm going to accomplish. I'm going to make you to be a peculiar people, a holy nation, you know, mm-hmm. as we read in First Peter. Mm-hmm. And, and Folks, what we have to understand is this is not just about God and uniquely the people of Israel. Broaden your eyed understanding. This is God's covenant with us as God's people. Right. True Israel, the truest meaning of Israel, all throughout the Bible from beginning to end, the truest meaning 
of the people of Israel is the people of God. Those of us who love God, seek God, honor God, and by faith enter into that relationship with God, we are part of Israel, and it is God's promise to transform us into a holy, peculiar people, a holy nation uh, as well uh, here on planet Earth. And so we can, we can take this, this book of Deuteronomy very, not just a historical book about the, God and his relationship with this people group, uh, the people of Israel at that time, but we can broaden its meaning to God's commands for us and his assurances and, uh, and promises to us as his people mm-hmm. The his at work within us, both to will and to do God's pleasure. Right. So it's it's a great, very practical book for us if we understand it in that sense. In chapters one through four, uh, Moses reviews the relationship of the people of Israel with with the God of the covenant, and then in chapters six through twenty six, which we read this past week, most of that uh, it talks about the the commands, the great laws. Uh, the Ten Commandments and the great moral laws that God sets about him that's a reflection of his character, the theological founding and the basis of our understand, interpretation of our life as connected with the Creator himself. And then also in chapters 12 through 26, uh, the the it says supplemental laws here, but I don't think of them as supplemental. I, I think of them as the outworking of those the Big Ten, you know, the Ten Commandments. Uh, here's right. what this commandment looks like in a society, right. uh, in a marriage, in a family, mm-hmm. with neighbors, with coworkers, with people around you, in, in your business mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in enterprises, in your relationships of life, with people who travel through and strangers to it. Mm-hmm. Here's what these commands will look like in human uh, relationships mm-hmm. here on a planet Earth where good and evil coexist, and not everybody follows the true and living God, but here's the way you'll treat uh, yeah. other people. Do you think it has, you know, when I'm thinking back to Genesis, um, to be fruitful and multiply and to subdue the earth, do you think that these are helpful in that idea of subduing and... How um, we, yeah, not only how we will treat other people, mm-hmm. how we will treat mm-hmm. uh, this stewardship of planet earth and mm-hmm. stewardship of the land because mm-hmm. it does it talks about uh it talks about seven years every seven years to let the land life follow follow mm-hmm. uh it, which they uh, didn't do as we have seen already and we'll learn later again and again uh how to well even even though one another i mean subdue i guess it does it is subdue the earth how do they treat their animals that was part of right but even though even you do think of though um i mean war even amongst is devastating on the planet um and how we treat one another even in time of war yes and well in other words though subduing the earth uh is is a joint effort in other words um and an iron sharpening iron in other words us I mean, there's an aspect of subduing even one another, of of sharpening one another, of encouraging one another, of, um, and these, in other words, no man is also an, an island. Uh, you can't make decisions. You can't live in this, live without affecting other people. And so these That's laws. Very good thought. Right. I, I think, because we, d- these are laws that are designed for a people who live in 
a real world mm -hmm. for those who, because we live, the world we live in is, is there are people who love God and desire God and want God and, and voluntarily in a matter of will, of the human will, the volun uh, voluntarily we mm -hmm. decide we want to live with God and under God's laws, and we're committed to that and desire to do that, although we may fail and do fail, but we're, we're committed to that. But there's a whole world filled with people as well who do not have that commitment. Mm -hmm. Either through their ignorance, they don't know about God and they haven't heard how to be, know God and come into that relationship with Him, which is our job to evangelize, to mm -hmm. share the message of God. Right. And that was part of uh, God's demand and God's requirements on the people of Israel that they would be unique because they want to shine forth and they want to mm, demonstrate uh, the nature of God and that, that men could be made right with God, mm -hmm. could come into that covenant. And that was part of their their uh, uh, the commands that were given to them is to live, treat people well and with respect and be a shining light of the true and living God to People who even within the the even within the nation of Israel, there were people who didn't follow God. And every generation, there are children that don't know about God. And teach your children, tell them about God, mm -hmm. how they can know God and walk with God. But there are also people from other countries and and, and strangers and, and and travelers through the that we're to shine our light for them as well and help them come into that people of God relationship. Yeah, it's uh, it's very. Specific, but also very broad to us. I, I think we have every freedom and liberty to uh, apply this book to our own lives as God's people today, mm -hmm. uh, all over the globe. Uh, it, it's it's a boggling of the mind, but God indeed has accomplished what He says here. He has created a people in every nation, every tribe, every language group around the nation, around the globe. There are those who who are part now of. Uh, God's people uh, of true Israel. We are the people of God. And so um, uh, very good. That's a good thought as well. So all of these laws, now it starts in chapter 6, uh, moving forward. He he reviews in chapter 5 the Ten Commandments themselves. Um, you, um, we're to worship only God. Um, be strong and powerful. Uh, to rest on the Sabbath day, honor your father and your mother and as the Lord commanded you. He's reviewing those basic laws. Yeah. Uh, you must can, not murder. You must not commit adultery. Uh, must not steal. Uh, you must not testify against, you know, bearing false witness and so on. We see all of these commands reviewed, the Ten Commandments reviewed for the covenant community. As I said, the first chapters are a review of that experience that they've already had with God. Then we start in chapter uh, 6 and forward. We start talking about how we then are to, uh, how we then are to express that holiness out, our uniqueness as God's people out to the people around us. We begin to expand on those laws to how to treat others, as as well. So uh, let me see. You have a, I don't know if you want to follow us into that, Stacy, or if you have a thought about that. Oh, I, well, I just it is so interesting how many of these have become sayings or have become kind of passed down and are just 
kind of good things to, that we even still today what do you um, mean? think well the eye for an eye or uh-huh, some uh-huh. of the and what that um that means eye is, for an eye and a tooth for a tooth right yeah, uh-huh. that part and how it isn't doesn't mean you take out an eye but the the punishment fits the crime is right. the yeah, idea the there principle, yeah. and which you know Very you good. see that um that was a big I guess you you see like Victor Hugo when he writes in Le Mis, that was a big injustice that was happening uh, in the French Revolution. A lot of what caused all of that is he stole a loaf of bread and yet he got, you know, what, 10 years almost of hard, 20 years almost of hard 20 labor. Almost 20 years yeah. of hard labor. The punishment did not fit the crime. And you can see in societies when there is a breakdown, even still of these of these wonderful, you know, these are still tried and true and tested, I guess, throughout. They're, they're timeless, mm-hmm. wonderful, good laws. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know Practical. about the... Practical? Yes. Uh, they they the, protect the community. They protect right. the society. Some of the dietary, I don't know. But. They try to be... They're, they're preservative. <laughs> right. Uh, in the sense that they re- preserve the a character of a nation, the yes. moral fiber and the mm-hmm. foundation of a nation. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a little bit... Uh, and I don't want to be... Uh, you know, negative or pessimistic. But I think we're seeing a little bit of our own country now going through a, pa- a, a, a time of testing about mm-hmm. our what kind of people we're going to be. Historically, our legacy, at least, is right. that we're founded on the true and living God, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're the true and we're our laws are essentially have been put in place, the principles that guide us as a society, and yet we tend to and be uh, abandoning uh, them right. at some level of, over the last mm-hmm. few decades, maybe a generation or so. And so we're beginning to see a little bit of our own breakdown, and maybe it's a good time to review. Now, mm-hmm. what are these principles? Are they worthy of still committing ourselves to them, uh, these kind of laws that we have about society and treating one another and what's good and what's bad and what's good and what's evil, what's healthy and what is d- detrimental to our uh, our society. And that's these, these laws would speak to that need that we have as a nation. And yeah, somehow we're going to make a decision about what kind of people we're going to be as Americans now in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, ha- we could review our own history, the revivals that have taken place in North America and all, and, and some of the great, wonderful things God has done with us, some of the problems and trials that we've passed through. But then even we too as a nation, we might having our own second giving of the law, and we're mm-hmm. being refined now to make a decision. Are we going to still follow and be faithful to that relationship? With the God who mm-hmm. has, uh, who has birthed yeah. us as a nation, it it's is very a, practical. I mean, on that level, I, I guess just uh, Moses is featured. I mean, he's sculpted, and he's one of the statues outside of our Supreme Court, just for an ex- as an example. Um, there's the statue of Moses yes, holding that is the right. two tablets as uh, depicted because he's one of the original lawgivers. And so in a country, in a nation, a society of laws, uh, Moses, law. mm-hmm, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. of course. And so as our, I guess, yeah. yes, as you said. Part of, part of our uniqueness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all of that is. And I, when we come back, Stacey, I don't know if we've gone off the air or not. Uh, we lost our headphones at least. But when we come back, Stacy, from our break, uh, I want you to review. You found something on the Internet this week 
about the scriptures. There was a development about the Bible. Oh, yes. That you found, and I, and would you be able to bring that up and sure. remind our listeners of that? I think it's a very interesting little uh, yeah. factoid mm-hmm. that we can bridge and, say, and remind them of this because it has to do with the validity and the uh, the validity and the uh, truthfulness, the reliability, the historical reliability of the scriptures, even some of those that we're reading these days in the Hebrew scriptures. And so hang on with us, folks, as we go into our break and we will we will be right back. We're going to take a quick break from a message uh, from our sponsors and supporters here. And we'll come back with more from the Bible Live. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Don't go away. dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 